Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the pastor here. And you might notice a little bit different ambiance this morning. Wanted to invite you into our home as we continue our series called Stacking Good Days. We've been looking at how do we focus on the right things so that we can experience a blessing in life. And we started the series talking about the importance of laying the right foundation. Uh, Anytime that you want to stack something up, uh, the only way you can stack high and stack something strong is if your foundation is strong. And so this series has been about how do we actually give our attention uh, to God in the beginning Uh, each day? How do we kind of look to Him for help? How do we get in a position to to hear from Him, uh, to learn from Him, and then to do what He says? And then last week we talked about once we built that foundation of what the scriptures called fearing God, how do we actually honor him with the way that we, we talk? And we talked about holding our tongue and how stacking good days is tied so closely to what comes out of our mouths. And so if you've missed any of the series so far, you can uh, catch up a couple ways. And I just wanted to give uh, these to you so you know. First, we have a YouTube channel that all of our content gets posted to. And so if you just look up Ridgeview Church Fontana and you can subscribe, you'll get all of our updates. We also have a podcast, the same, uh, wherever you get your podcast, if you just search Ridgeview Church Fontana. That way you can stay all up to date uh, with our content. So if you've missed that, I encourage you to catch up. Today we're on part three and the focus is on doing good. Now I didn't just arbitrarily come up with how do we stack good days and just pick things? Uh, We've been focusing on one scripture, uh, specifically a psalm called Psalm 34. Uh, It's written by David, and he is on the run. He's actually uh, being hunted by the king of Israel at the time. And so if you can imagine, the man with the most power is pursuing him, one who had a lot of influence. David had gained a big following because of earlier battles and success, like when he you know, killed Goliath. This is the same David from David and Goliath. So he gained a lot of influence, but he'd come really into confrontation with the king because King Saul saw all the influence that he had. So just as a reminder, this psalm is not one where the context of David's life is something where he is just experiencing blessing. In fact, he is experiencing the opposite. Uh, He's in really tough circumstances. Life is hard and life is not good. So today we're talking about doing good. I think it's really interesting to remember the context for which David finds himself. And the psalm itself speaks of doing good and the word good so many times. And so I just want to start by kind of looking at that because many times we hear the word good and it can seem kind of ambiguous. Even at a young age, your parents probably told you, you need to do good. You need to make a good decision. You need to uh, do everything you can in in a good way. And it's kind of a common word. Uh, So I want to spend some time talking about what does good actually mean. Before I do that, I just want to kind of take a moment to highlight the psalm, uh, that each reference of that word. So here's just a brief uh, overview. Here's Psalm 34, uh, verse 8. Pay attention to this. It says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in in him. And so you're going to see this word show up like every uh, other verse. So that's verse 8. Now check this out in verse 10. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So the first two instances of this verse are talking about 
uh, who God is, that he is the, the, the source of goodness, and that when you pursue him, you're going to lack no good thing, that that's actually going to come back to you. Then notice in verse 12, it says, whoever of you loves life and desires to seek many good days. So this is actually the verse that we've talked about every week of this series. Who of you loves life and desires to see many good days? That's that, that idea of stacking good days. Well, how do we see many good days? And then verse 14, and this is the focus for today. It says, turn from evil and do good. So turn from evil and do good. So verse 8, verse 10, the focus is on God and his goodness. Verse 12 and verse 14 is now what do we do with it? How do we actually take the goodness of God, get it into our life, and live it out? And so that's what I want to focus on uh, today. And I want to start really with the definition of good, again, according to the Hebrew language. Now, the Old Testament in the Scriptures is written in Hebrew. The New Testament is written in Greek, ancient languages. So for us, when we hear a word, we have our English connotation, context, the history. But in Hebrew, one word could mean many different English words, and that's the the kind of the context of the word good. Here's what it means. It means something's pleasing or merry, desirable, pleasant. It it kind of connotates just the sense of well-being. So when we talk about good, think of that idea of like pleasant, kind of life being whole. There's, there's a wellness to it. There's something that desirable that, that's happening here. So when we talk about stacking good days, that's the same as doing good. There's a sense of which, how do we have something that's actually worth living for, that makes a difference, that counts, that, that brings blessing to others, that brings blessing to us. And so that's what I want the focus uh, to be on today. But here's the reality. Life oftentimes doesn't feel good, and sometimes life isn't good. We all face various pressures, various stresses, things in your life, things in my life that I'd rather change. And so sometimes when we talk about doing good, it feels like it just gets washed and just blown out by all the things that are bad, or all the things that we'd rather see change. And so where I want to focus today is how do we, in the middle when life is bad, experience good because I think that's really what we need to hear because sometimes people think following Christ means that you kind of check out of life or reality and then you kind of live in just this utopia like it's not really real and you just hope and you you're just kind of dreaming about things as they they could be but but actually following Christ is about following him in the nitty-gritty of life the ups the downs the good and the bad And what you find, it's actually in the bad that God really does work. And it's in the bad where we experience his goodness. And so that's what I want to focus on. So I've got kind of this phrase, when life is bad. And here's three points that I want to kind of uh, walk through. The first is when life is bad, it's hard to do good. Hopefully you agree with that because that has been my experience. When life is bad, it's hard for me to do good. In fact, when life is bad and it just feels overwhelming, uh, there's a few reactions that I have and see if you can relate to these. So as I mentioned, these just kind of determine like, 
is one of these what, what I tend to do? Do you have your preference of your default when life is bad? Here's the first thing. Uh, you may feel paralyzed. When life is bad, it's hard to do good, and you feel paralyzed. There's a sense of which the world and your life feels like it's kind of just crushing you, and everything's coming in, and the pressure is real, and you just get stuck. I don't know how to move forward. I don't really know how to react in this situation. I don't know what to say, and I definitely don't know what to do that would be good. You just get paralyzed. Is that you? Do you sense that you get paralyzed a lot? I know for me, I can get in those moments where I just get stuck. Another one is run. When, when life is bad, it's hard to do good, and it's easy to run. That is, I need to run from the bad, the pressure, the, the circumstances I don't want, and I just want to run to find something better. This is that tendency to just go find that grass that's greener. Well, where is it greener? Anywhere but here. The grass of my life is dead, it's dying, it's rotten. But over there, in that situation, it seems like so much better. And so there's a tendency in all of us, when life is bad, it's hard to be good. And it's easy to run. To run from our problems. To just run away, to check out. To hope it gets better. But until it does, we're not really here. It's easy to run. Now, that doesn't mean that you actually physically get out of a situation, although it could. It also means that we can just emotionally, spiritually, mentally check out. Like we don't know how to cope. And so we just check out. We disengage from our responsibilities or we disengage from those that we love. We disengage from relationships. And it's never been easier than this time of COVID because we can all pull away and we can all check out. And it's really hard to know what's going on with people because we're so distant from each other. And so that might be a tendency that you have to run. Another one is just fear. When life is bad, it's hard to be good, and it's easy to be fearful. When life is bad, fear usually ramps up. Have you ever experienced this where one thing bad happens, and then you now connect five other bad things that could happen? And it's this like snowball effect. Like the other five haven't happened yet, but this one thing has. And you begin to play out a scenario of the more bad that will come. And what tends to happen is you run those scenarios... For something in the future that's not yet happened, it's easy to be fearful. And before you know it, you're creating a reality. You're creating a reality that's, that's actually not real. And it's easy to give in to fear. And another one was when life is bad, it's hard to be good. And then it's easy to want to pay back people. Like if somebody's done bad to me, if somebody's done wrong to me, it's easy for me to just pay them back. I want to make them pay for what they've done to me. This could be in my head with the thoughts I have about them. This could be, like we talked about last week, the the swords of my words that pierce them to try to cut them. This could just be the ways that I maybe control or, or manipulate or try to get what I want. But when life is bad, it's hard to be good. And it's easy to treat people in a way that they've treated us. But what you find, whichever one is yours, is it, paralyzed? Is it fear? Is it running? Is it paying back? Bad for bad? Whatever it may be, all of those are not the foundation for which you can stack good days. In fact, when life is hard and things are not good, if you have these reactions, it will be worse. It doesn't get better. But it's so easy because this is like our natural tendency. So, So what do we do? Well, 
This brings the second point. When life is bad, here it is. We need a source of goodness outside of ourselves. We need a source of goodness that doesn't come from us. Well, why? Because I tend to get paralyzed. Well, why else? Because I tend to run. Well, why else? Well, I tend to treat people the way they've treated me. And again, these are the defaults we all have. So when we talk about doing good, maybe we can do good when life is good, but it's very difficult to do good when life is bad. So when life is bad and hard and tough, which our lives are, there's lots of things going on. Now, it's not all doomsday. We have good things. We have blessings. God is still working. But each day is a battle to do good. So when we're not feeling it or life feels tough, we need a source of goodness outside of ourselves. And the good news is that source comes from God himself. And it comes in a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what the Bible calls the good news. We don't have a source of goodness within ourselves because we're sinful. We tend to be selfish. We have great potential for good, but we mess up a lot. We have lots of expectations for ourselves and others. We let ourselves down. We let others down. They let us down. And so when we're looking for source of goodness among humans, we can't find it. We're empty. It's like trying to get gas at a gas station that has nothing there. It's just dry. And that's how it is with goodness with humans. It's, we keep looking, but there's nothing there. So through Jesus Christ, when we connect with him and have a relationship with him, he's the source of all goodness. It's like it connects us back to the pipeline of goodness, and that's God himself. That is the good news of following Christ. When you follow Christ, all the goodness that you long for, you can now have, not in yourself, not from your own strength or understanding or from anyone else, but you can have the goodness from God. Now, let's go back to what the psalm says. Psalm 34, 8. Check this out. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. This is speaking of an experience. Now, I don't know if you grew up in church or if you didn't. I don't know what your experience has been like with God, but for many people, when they think of God, they think of somebody distant. They think of maybe something boring or something ancient. Definitely not something that's alive. Maybe it's just something that you, you have to do like a chore. Like I have to pray this thing. I have to go to this place. I have to do this. I have to give this. And it just feels like God is always taking or the people that represent God are always taking. But actually, the good news of God found in Jesus Christ, it's actually not taking at all. The good news of God found in Jesus is that he gives and he gives himself and he gives a relationship. And that's what Jesus represents, the fact that we can have a relationship with God. The relationship was broken because of sin, because you wanted to go your own way, I wanted to go my own way. You wanted to do your own thing independent from God, I wanted to do my own thing independent from God. And Jesus came, lived on this earth, taught us how to connect back to God through following him, died on the cross to pay for our sin, to pay for our rebellion. And then he rose again. He conquered death. He paid the price for our sin. And now we can taste and see that he is good. 
This is talking about an experience, a relationship with Jesus. So when life is bad, we have to have a source of goodness outside of ourselves. And the only source that doesn't run out and the only source of pure goodness is found in Jesus Christ. There's no other way. There's no other religion. There's no other option. There's no other power. That's the only way in the person of Jesus. And so this is speaking of this alive, real, experiential relationship where you can experience the goodness of God as you connect with Him, as you pray, as you read the scriptures, as you come around the community, the church, as you come around the people of Ridgeview and you're refreshed, what God is doing is through the church and through the community, He's giving you a little taste of the kingdom of God, the goodness of God found in the people of God. Now check out verse 10. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The imagery here is so powerful because the lion represents the most powerful of the animals, the, the, like the king of the jungle. Like nobody can compare to the lion. And what David is saying here is, is think of the most powerful thing you can. The most powerful person the most powerful thing that you could have. Maybe it's like, if I had all this money, I could get goodness. If I had all this influence, or if I had all this materialism, whatever it could be. So David's just trying to kind of, whatever you would think is the ultimate display of power, it still runs out. And so he's saying that the, the lion, the most powerful, still grows weak and hungry. They're still limited. And why? by him saying that, he's saying, we are too. If the lions grow weak and hungry, and they have all the power at their disposable, we're going to grow weak and hungry as well. That means we are going to lack. There's going to be things that we need that we don't have. Now, you may think, well, I, Alex, I have everything I need. Yeah, but deep down, there, there may be some things that you, if you're honest with yourself, you find that you don't. Like, just, like, maybe reasons for your existence. Maybe the purpose and meaning Maybe a sense of how you fit. Maybe the question of, am I making a difference? Am I doing enough? Am I on the right track? God's given me this life. Am I making the most of it? All of us ask these things, and we all have questions. And we all kind of come up short. So what David is saying is, the most powerful in all of the world will still lack. So that means I'm going to lack and you're going to lack. But notice the end. But those... But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So notice, if you want to do good, you have to come to the source of goodness. You have to experience it. And if you've never yet experienced a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can decide to do that today. You can become a Christian. You can let us know that on your connection card. You're saying, I need to come to that source. The sources I have in my family in my finances, in my work, in my own well-being, their drive, I want to come to Jesus, the well of goodness that never dries, that never runs out. So you taste and see that the Lord is good. And then those who seek him, follow him. The word there means tread often. It's like you keep coming back to the same path. You don't leave the course. You don't deviate. Those who seek, pursue, will lack no good thing. So relationship with God 
through Jesus Christ is the beginning of this journey of being a Christian. And then you continue to seek him daily, surrender your life to him. You will lack no good thing. So I love that. When life is bad, it's hard to be good. In fact, we can't be good. But when we connect to the source outside of ourselves and we turn to Jesus Christ for help, goodness flows to us. New life, a new source. It's like vitality and life really begin again. That's what it means to be in Christ. It's like you're new. You have a new start, a new beginning, a new life. And that's what we celebrate when people get baptized. New life in Christ. New goodness that's now theirs because of the person of Jesus. So when life is bad, it's hard to be good. But when we connect to a source outside of ourselves, we can be filled with the goodness of God found in Jesus. So what does that mean? This is the third point. Doing good is essential and non-negotiable for Christ followers. So here we see kind of the full circle. Without God, we actually struggle to do good. Because like we all agree, when life is hard and life is bad, it's hard to do good. But when we connect to the source of goodness through Jesus, and we now have forgiveness, and we have this new life as I just described, we now can actually have goodness inside of us that we can extend to others. And this is what the Christian life is all about. Being filled with God's goodness, His love, His kindness, being changed from the inside out, and now being an extension, a conduit of that to others. So the Christian life isn't just about being filled with goodness and you just store it. No, you be filled with God's goodness and then you empty it out. And then you taste and see that the Lord is good again. You seek Him and you lack no good thing and then you're filled up with goodness again. Then you empty out that goodness. And then you taste and see that the Lord is good again. And you seek Him and you lack no good thing. And you get filled up again. You see, that that's what the Christian life's all about. It's actually a wonderful adventure. It's not without struggle. It's not without still being fearful or still being paralyzed. But as we come back to the source, we can always get refilled. Check out what this says in Psalm 34, 12. Now, back to the command. We've kind of talked about the source of goodness and how to be filled. Well, then what do we do? This is the action. Verse 12, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days. What we've talked about in this series, that's all of us. We love life. We want to see good days. So we now need to pay attention. We need to listen. This is what we all want. We want life. We want life to the full. We want the best life. And we want good days. And then verse 14. Turn from evil and do good. The second part says seek peace and pursue it. That's actually what we're going to talk about next week. The last part of stacking good days. How do we be people that seek peace and pursue it? But our action for today is how do we turn, as the Bible says, from evil and do good? Well, let's talk about evil for a moment. Something that is real, something that we see in the world, something that's out there. But evil is also in us. And evil is doing anything that goes against God's laws and his commands. Anything that that goes against his ways. It goes against his, his ideal, 
his best according to the scriptures. We all have actually a tendency to do evil. And when we sin, that is evil. And evil is is just a part of our existence. That's why we need Jesus. The world is broken. I'm broken. You're broken. So when it says turn from evil, there's a sense of which we want to give ourselves to something greater. But here on this earth, as we just look at human relationships, whoever we put our hope in, we, we can't find our purpose and meaning in that. We, we need to turn from evil. We need to turn from everything we can just see in this world. And we need to look to God. And we need to, to do this good. So turning from evil is this active pursuit every day. Well, God, I want to please you with what I say. I want to please you with what I do. And I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to mess up. So God, give me the grace to make things right. But Lord, I, I don't want to just go into the pattern of evil. The scriptures actually tell us to not conform to the evil of this world. The patterns of, of you know, breaking relationships and disunity. And I actually want to build something greater. And with that, we, we need God's help. So this is talking about where do we put our hope and where do we put our, our focus. So it's just recognizing like I have a tendency to be selfish and arrogant. I want to hurt people. We all do. Our heart is filled with those three things. It's, we have sad hearts, selfish hearts, arrogant hearts, damaging hearts. All of us. doesn't mean every day that we act out on that, but we have that tendency. So to turn from evil is like, God, I want to replace selfishness with humility and arrogance with that same humility. I want to turn away from just doing what I want to, to actually helping other people. And I want to turn away from damaging people to, to seeing what are the things I can do to, to help people with their goals, to build them up, to encourage. So for the rest of our time, I just want to give some, some practical ways for you to do good. Because if I was to send you a text tomorrow morning and the text said, Okay, do good. Again, it's something that we've probably heard a lot. But what does that actually mean? So I want to just give you uh, three categories of how do we do good. So how can I do good this week? So turning from evil, there's got to be something different that I do with my life. I can't just give into the selfishness, to the arrogance, and to the damage. Well, then you have to replace that with good. And there's three ways to do it. The first is what I see what I say, and what I do. What I see, what I say, and what I actually do. So here's how you can do good this week. This is with God's help. This isn't on our own strength. He puts us in situations, but it begins with the eyes to see like he sees. So how can I do good this week? We need to see something. Here's some questions to ask. What are the needs around me? In your life right now, Who are you relating to and what are you seeing and what are the needs? This is just that idea of we have to stop with all the other things that sometimes garner our attention, that just get our focus. We need to stop and slow down and say, you know what? What are the needs around me? These could be the needs of the people you live with, your your spouse, your kids. These could be the needs of your neighbors. These could be the needs of your coworkers. But just asking that question, what are things that I can see that represent the needs of people? That's a great way to live life, being others-focused. Second question, 
where does God seem to be working? Do things keep happening that God puts you in certain situations? And you just keep thinking like, why does this keep happening? Like, why do I end up keep seeing these same people or keep having these same conversations? What could be happening is is God's actually trying to work and do his work through you. And he keeps putting you in these situations, these circumstances, so that he can use you in a certain way. Some of it may be things that you need to learn and some of the things may be things that he wants you to help others with. But just where does God seem to be working? That's one of the greatest ways to taste and see that the Lord is good. You take a moment, you stop, and you see, where is God working around me? Where does transformation seem to be happening? Where are some people that seem to be growing or longing for growth that I can be a part of? Certainly this is happening within our church. God is working right now. He's drawing people to himself. And we get to be a part of that so we can stop. What are the needs around me? And where is he working? And the third question, where has God placed me to be a light? There is so much darkness right now in, in our world, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our country. And everyone's in the dark and all they're seeing is the dark. And as all you see is the dark, you just complain about the dark, how dark it is. Wow, it's really dark today. Feels like it's even a thicker darkness than yesterday. Bet you it's going to be dark tomorrow. But if you're a follower of Christ and you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, that goodness represents light. And he wants us to be light in the middle of this darkness. So just look around. Where is there some darkness? Where is there, it seems like there's this, this, this haze over people, like there's a cloud over them and, and they just need some help. That begins with seeing. Where could I be a light in the middle of this darkness? For me, it starts in my neighborhood. How can I be a light to my neighbors? Encourage them in little things. Go out of my way to see how I can serve them. One thing practically is going to Costco can seem like an adventure. You never know what you need and what they're going to have. So I've just tried every time like, okay, what, what are some ways that, that I can reach out to my neighbors and see if they, they need anything from Costco? And just ask them. And so far, no one has taken me up on it. But I'm just going to keep asking like, you know what? I can be a light here. There's, there's, there's needs, and so that's a little bit of the, the seeing and doing. But what could it be in your life? So see something in those three questions. Just begin to ask those regularly this next week. The second, say something. So I'm seeing, but then there's a point of which we have to speak up. This is the opposite of last week. Last week we talked about there's a time when you need to not say anything. But this week is there's opportunity for you to say something that can give this light and give this life Uh, to people. Here's some three questions. Who is struggling that I can encourage? Now, you don't want to start with, I see that you're struggling. I want to encourage you. You don't have to announce it. You just see a situation, see somebody, and you say, you know what? I'm just going to try to encourage them. You think of what you could say to do that. You could think of what to do to do that. But just begin to ask that question. Is there somebody struggling that I can encourage? Second question, who is someone who needs to hear the news, the good news about Jesus? That's what the Bible calls the gospel. And I briefly explained it, but it's this idea of like everyone's looking for goodness and purpose and meaning. And if the source is within themselves or the source is like in their family 
or in society or in our culture and they just keep looking for it and they keep looking for it and keep looking for it, they need to hear about Jesus. They need to hear that he is the source, the only pure source of goodness that never runs out. And did you know that there's people in your life that may never hear it if they don't hear it from you? Now that can kind of be overwhelming, but what an opportunity. People may hear it only if we speak up to share it. It's not something you just intuit, you can make the connection. You can't look at this earth and say, you know what, this earth has nothing, but I know God has it. You don't necessarily know that. You do once you've tasted and seen, but we're still in the darkness without Christ. There's like blinders over our eyes. So God may use us to speak the truth, to remove those blinders. People see the darkness, say, I need the light and goodness of God found in Jesus. So who is somebody that you could share that with? You may think, well, Alex, I I don't know. I don't want to be that person. But think about, as we've been talking about disease and viruses, like what, do we have the cure to the greatest disease and that's sin and darkness. You have the cure of the good news that can actually heal people spiritually. What an opportunity we have to share it. So that's the second question. The third, how can I thank someone who encourages me? So is there somebody in your life that's really been a a blessing to you recently? That's encouraged you? That's been there for you? One of the greatest things you can do is, is, is thank them. If you want to do good, Show gratitude. Gratitude is such a source of goodness to people. It, it just adds life and refreshment. So think about that. So see something, say something. The last one is do something. There's all sorts of things that we can do. I've even given you some of those ideas. But I want to start by, we actually have some service projects here at Ridgeview Church. And I've asked Cameron McCullough, to share about some of these experiences. And some of you may not know this, but Cameron has recently joined the staff here at Ridgeview. And he's helping with projects and events and outreach. And he's doing a great job. And we've come up with a couple of ideas to help you have some action steps for how you can do good. And so he's going to share two of those ideas with you this morning. Hey, everyone. Pastor Alex was just talking about doing good. Uh, Ridgeview Church in February has a couple opportunities for us to do just that, to do good in our communities. Uh, The first opportunity will be on February 7th. That's Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to be doing a canned food drive. We're trying to collect as much canned food as we possibly can, and we're going to donate that to our local food bank. Um, There was a, a, a survey taken in 2020 during the course of the pandemic that one in four families in America uh was struggling with with food insecurity, which means that they didn't know if they were going to have food on their table that night. And uh, that's a staggering number, and this is a great opportunity to help that cause um, in our local community. Uh, The second opportunity is with Rebirth Homes. Rebirth Homes uh, helps women uh, who are subject to human trafficking, and uh, they need a fence built around one of their homes. And this project's already been started, and Ridgeview has offered to help them complete it. So we'll be out there uh, finishing up that fence for them, and this is another great opportunity uh, to help our community. So we would love for you to join us um, on February 7th for the canned food drive, and again on February 20th uh, at Rebirth Homes to help build that fence. 
we would love for you to join us for these service projects and uh, this is a great opportunity to do good. Well, thank you, Cameron, uh, for, for sharing those ideas. Again, uh, let us know on your connection card if you'd like to be a part of that. But this is just a real way, real practical way by donating food to those in need, by doing the service project for, for rebirth homes. Let us know. That is a practical way that you can do good. The second is just meet a need around me. So you may be able to help with what Ridgeview is doing on a, on a bigger scale, but it could just be, what if you pulled in your trash cans of your neighbors this week? You know, just that's something I could do. Just serve them. What if you made them a baked good, a neighbor? What if you checked in on a neighbor and, and saw how they're doing? What if a coworker, you just checked and see how they're doing in a real way, like not in passing, like, how you doing? Good, good, how you doing? It's just that like formality, but really just check in with somebody. What a difference that could make. And so meet a need around me. And then the last thing that you can do to do good is to sign up for a connect group. Now, how is that? Well, when you take a step towards community, it's twofold. You experience part of God's goodness in the people of God. You get a taste of like the kingdom, like a group of people that have all tasted and seen the Lord is good. So when you take steps towards that community, it impacts your life. And then when you take a step towards community, you now have an opportunity to relate and do these things with a group of people as well. It's that giving and taking. It's the reciprocity of the fellowship of the people of God. Fellowship is that that idea of, of we love each other, we serve each other. And you can do that in a connect group. And so whether that's online or whether that's in person, There's five options for you. And I encourage you, take that step. That's a key way that you can actually do good. Take a step toward community. So I hope those three things have been helpful. Just keep that in mind. How can I see something? What is it I need to see? What is it I need to say? And then what is it that I need to actually do? So as I wrap up, let's put that into action uh, with some next steps. On your connection card, Mark this, any prayer requests that you have, like Joel's mentioned, let us know. But here's some next steps. The first is pray for eyes to see, words to say, strength to do. So each day, just pray that in the morning when you wake up. Pray that at lunchtime as you're interacting. Pray that at night before you go to bed, that God help me to have that, the eyes to see, the words to say, and the strength to do. The second next step is now putting it into action. Say something to somebody this week, and that somebody is a blank that you fill out on your connection card. Let us know. What is it that you can say to somebody? That word of encouragement, to, to meet a need, to show gratitude. Think about that and take that step. Do it. And then the last is do blank to meet a need. Again, it could be signing up for a Ridgeview service project. It could be meeting one of those needs uh, in your circle of relationships, in your family or in your neighborhood. It could be giving to Ridgeview. It could be signing up for a connect group. I don't know what it is, but take that step. Here's what I can do. Let's put this into action. As we turn from evil, as we don't settle for this world to give us our meaning and our purpose, let's do good together by what we see, by what we say, and by what we do. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's pray together and ask God for strength. God, thank you for your 
your word which is set apart that gives us insight that we don't have on our own. And thank you for the goodness that you give us that we do not have on our own. Thank you for Jesus who died for us, who forgave us of our sins, who conquered death so that we can experience goodness in this life and we can experience goodness into forever and eternity. God, will you give us just the eyes to see, the words to say, and the strength to do this week? Will you just show us, provide opportunities that we don't even know about? Move in the hearts of people around us so we may know how to do good. We ask for your help in this, and we pray in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.